Where does it go? Where does it go? All of that cast off junk, where does it go? Welcome to Where Does It Go, a podcast about the life cycles of people, places, and things. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. And today, Sarah, I'm going to talk to you about discontinued dolls or recalled dolls. Yes. And uh, I'm going to start with a story that I just think is pretty funny. And then we'll go on to it's these are dolls that I'm talking about are from the 90s, all three of them. And it's sort of an every two years, there was a big doll scandal, (laughs) uh, apparently. And so the 90s were a wild time for like moral concern about dolls. One of these dolls was injurious (laughs) to people, but two of them were pretty much just a moral concern. Uh, And so... When dolls are recalled, it can be a voluntary recall from a manufacturer or a required recall from, say, the FDA or consumer protection programs or something like that. And it depends on whether they are offered for refund, like whether people can get a refund for their recalled doll or if the company just stops selling them or if the company, like, yanks them off the shelves. And it's all kind of different for these, so... uh, We'll start with Earring Magic Ken. Now, Barbie has a uh, boyfriend named Ken, although I think they broke up in 2014. What? Yeah, apparently. Uh, I, I am recall them. The year might be wrong, but in the 20-teens, Barbie and Ken broke up. Much like when Mr. Peanut killed off the Mr. Peanut mas- mascot, and then we had a baby Mr. Peanut. I think it was largely to just get some get some chatter around Barbie and Ken. But in 1992, uh, it was sort of noticed that the sale of Ken dolls was kind of flagging. Barbie has all these fashions. I was watching a uh, a video on YouTube called Barbie Fashion Secrets, and it is a video from 1993. It's basically a long commercial. It's like a 35-minute commercial of the different kinds of Barbies you could buy in 1993. And you could buy Barbies that you could paint. You could buy Barbies that you could put ice cubes on and then designs would show up. So like temperature reactive fabric. You could buy Barbies that had troll dolls involved and stuff like that. So Barbie was really fancy. There was a lot of interesting things you could do with a Barbie doll. They, she had different jobs. And Ken was just kind of like there. And didn't I, I can't name a single job Ken has ever had. Uh, Barbie's been like an astronaut and a paleontologist and a teacher and a, all sorts of things. But what what does Ken do? So... He's been he's been a boy toy for as long as I've known. Yeah, I'm sure he's had jobs, but Ken has always been like uh, accessories included type of feel. Mm-hmm. And so Mattel was interested in drumming up somewhere in um, doll sales, essentially, with Ken. And between like G.I. Joe and other types of uh, male action figures that were Barbie sized, they were worried about losing sort of a segment of... Uh, the sort of Barbie market, Barbie dude compatriot market, I guess. And so they asked, they said they asked little girls, but I have no idea if they just like sent out a poll to like Barbie purchasers or how they, if it was just um, 
market research type of stuff. But they asked what they said, little girls, what whether they wanted Barbie to break up with Ken and date someone else or <laughs> whether they wanted to have Ken's look sort of be refreshed. And apparently the response was that they wanted Ken to have more of an updated look and the uh, Mattel surveyed them about what they thought was cool. And so they came up with Earring Magic Ken. And it was a line of six dolls, uh, five Barbies with various hair, um, and then a Ken doll. And Ken had his ear pierced, his left ear only. And he's <laughs> wearing... an. Uh, he and Barbie could share charms. So Ken is wearing a, a necklace with a jump ring on it. And Barbie had earrings that you could switch charms from. And then you could have earrings for yourself. And it was all these hoops. These little silver hoops and then bigger silver hoops for the little girls that wanted to share earrings. And I'm emphasizing the the charm part because it'll come into play as to, as to the moral objections to Ken. So Earring Magic Ken is wearing black shoes and black pants, a lavender mesh shirt. Nice. A lavender pleather jacket. Fantastic. Uh, he has frosty blonde hair. It's really weird frost, actually, because it's like he's got blonde roots and brown tips which is not how anybody's hair has ever really looked <laughs> but it's frosted hair which was very a 90s thing my god the frosted hair uh, <laughs> and so Ken got a new hip look and he does look much more modern than the Kendall I had who had like that sort of brown Lego man helmet hair yes and <laughs> and he wore a suit uh, where the pants were attached to the shirt and the shirt had no sleeves, so it was easier to stuff his little arms into the jacket. <laughs> so, so he's wearing like a weird jumpsuit, sleeveless jumpsuit. It was, it was very obviously, you know, the choices were made to dress the old school Ken that I had. And that was what all Kens looked like. They were brunettes. They had that helmet hair. They were very blandly dressed. And so Earring Magic Ken was a huge refresh and what Mattel did not realize or at least nobody told the people who've made the final okay for particularly Earring Magic Ken was that whoever had made these design choices had given him a necklace with and actually it looks like I'm looking at a picture of him and the pulls on his jacket and stuff like that are all uh cock rings <laughs> They're all a, a, we'll call it a marital aid. I'm not going to go into the mechanics of uh, cock rings right now, but it's it was used symbolically, particularly in the uh, leather and biker gay community. Yes! Uh, it was used with uh, symbolism of their sexual preferences. It was also just used as adornment and sort of in-your-face uh acknowledgement of queerness and participation in a community of people who had similar sort of tastes and orientations and being sort of loud and proud and out. It was sort of an initial move toward out pride, not it, it, one of many. 
Uh, it was even, even the case that uh, lesbians would wear them as charms or sewn onto their jackets because it became such sort of a symbol, particularly in, a, in clubbing groups, like groups that went clubbing regularly or uh, leather queer groups because that's a whole subset community it has to do with some somewhat with motorcycles but not always and they're sort of who can and cannot wear leather it's all it's all a thing it's there's a lot of nuance in terms of the social structures of these groups but one of the major things that a lot of them had in common was using uh, metal cock rings because they're not all made out of metal as jewelry as adornment and so uh, Dan Savage in in 1993, who is a very, very well-known columnist about gay issues and sex and things like that, uh, wrote a column in 1993, and you can actually still access it, about how Earring Magic Ken is, is using a, a, a cock ring <laughs> around <laughs> his neck as jewelry. And... The Mattel, once it was pointed out to Mattel, and it was pointed out largely because this doll sold extraordinarily well, particularly for a Ken doll. And gay men in particular bought this doll. And once it was brought to Mattel's attention that uh, there was sort of an accidental or accidentally on purpose, who knows if somebody sort of like snuck it in the design. uh, Mattel was like, no, we didn't do that. We, of course not. That's just a thing to hold charms. It's just for Ken. It's, we wouldn't give that to little kids. Why are, what are you talking about? Like they got very uh, defensive and upset uh, about the accusation. Uh, but Dan Savage makes the point that some designer spent a weekend in Los Angeles or New York and went to a bunch of clubs and took a bunch of pictures and they just saw that everyone was wearing these as jewelry and put one on their doll. Uh, <laughs> when this was going on, so 1992 to 1993, the doll was introduced in 1993, but the design discussion happened partly in 1992. This was a time where uh, the AIDS crisis was becoming better understood. I'm not about to say it was wrapping up. Frankly, I don't even think we could say that today. We can say there's huge steps forward in terms of understanding what AIDS is as a uh, phenomenon, as a moral, social, cultural disease, epidemic, etc. But it's it's still a difficult thing for many reasons. Uh, But in the 80s, it was a disaster. It was a disaster, particularly for gay men. Uh, It was specifically ignored for research and for uh, epidemiological management and a lot of particularly men but not only men and particularly gay men but not only gay men died there's it, i am forgetting how many it's like 1.3 million it, it's it's it was unbelievable it was like a generation yeah of of gay men died and uh, it was unbelievable it was unbelievable and it was largely ignored uh because of the the moral attitudes at the time about gayness. Exactly. About queerness, yes. And it was leveraged as a tool to eliminate a group of people that were seen as a problem, particularly yes. by the Reagan administration. And so that failure on the part of 
the medical community and the government to help gay men resulted in a massive sort of social anti-gay man behavior issue enduring negativity that it is still a problem today but in 1992 1993 1990 uh appearances of behavior that was considered somewhat feminine like ken is dressed in a purple shirt and the purple were becoming more mainstream. And this was sort of tied into the existence of gay men, queer people, uh, people who were not cisgender heterosexual people. So it was becoming more of a social thing, particularly with MTV. And MTV, with the music video brought into your living room, if you had cable, uh, the appearance of people who were dressed in club clothes and you could be in Detroit, Michigan or like a suburb of Detroit, Michigan. I'm, I'm referencing my spouse here because his mother would watch MTV while she exercised. So that brought into their living room a whole experience that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And that in- informed the design of Earring Magic Ken. But that doesn't make it not it doesn't make it not a sex toy around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like a panic moment for Mattel. Uh, Earring Magic Ken was on the market for six months and then was actually removed from store shelves. Like Mattel either bought back the dolls or brought them back to their company. And I don't know what they did with them. Potentially destroyed them. But Earring Magic Ken was their best-selling Ken doll of all time. And there's rumors that it is the best-selling Barbie of all time. Uh, Mattel won't comment on it. They refuse to. It may be their best-selling to- Barbie doll of all time. Um, there may be uh, something like Hair Magic Barbie or something like that. Some kind of hair Barbie, maybe that grew hair, might be their best-selling one. Mm-hmm. But it is... I, I remember reading about this on the internet, I want to say 10... No, 20 years ago, (laughs) a long time ago, uh, 15 to 20 years ago, and thinking it was the funniest story ever because the person that wrote out, and I've done more research as to like the details of this just to double check their story, and their story checked out, but they love that there's a very real possibility that in the boardroom when discussing sales figures, they are required to bring up Earring Magic Ken every single time they talk about what their best-selling toys are fantastic and it's just an an enjoyable mental image the gay just won't go away no (laughs) and it was so popular they are just throwing money away by not having earring magic ken around yes so where did earring magic ken go he was yanked from store shelves uh scandal shock you can actually get him on ebay uh like most things you can get earring magic ken on ebay uh, moderately expensive, brand mm-hmm. new. The lowest price would be $65 plus $15.50 in shipping. Oh, that's less than I thought. Yeah. And you can actually get earring an Earring Magic Barbie and Earring Magic Ken in, um, in package 
uh, for like $99 or something. I considered buying them and then just like putting them up in my little, I have a little recording closet now. Um, so <laughs> for little recording mascots or something, but, uh, yeah, earring magic Ken, you can purchase it. Some people cite it as being available in 1992, some 1993. So that's why I'm including both years. But Dan Savage definitely wrote about it. And the implication of Dan Savage's article is that he interviewed a spokesperson from Mattel Toys, Lisa McKendall, who denied everything. And so I'll leave you with Earring Magic Ken with this quote from Lisa McKendall, Managing of Marketing and Communications from Mattel Toys. We're not in the business of putting cock rings into the hands of little girls. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, uh, <laughs> that's well, what happened to Earring Magic Ken, and I really okay. like that story. I'm looking at a picture of Earring Magic Ken, and he is fabulous, and I want his outfit. I would totally wear this. <laughs> it fabulous. does kind of look like something you would wear. <laughs> Thank you. That's it does. Sweet. Especially, have... like, the color palette. Mm-hmm. You'd probably wear a skirt, because I think of you as wearing skirts, but... yeah. Yeah, totally. I have a Kendall. Um, I got him at the Scrap Exchange, which is a very cool thrift store type place here in Durham. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Ken was a Barbie and the Rockers Ken, and he was missing his head. So I put the head of a T-Rex on him. Um, and his name is Carlos. And I think that Carlos needs a significant other and I think that significant other really looks like Erring Magic Ken. And I think I need, I think Carlos needs Erring Magic Ken. I really do. You can get it on eBay. I'll send you the link. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to have a wedding. As soon as COVID is over, we're going to have an Erring Magic Ken and Carlos wedding. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So I've got two more dolls. Uh, to tell you about from the 90s. Uh, One caused physical injury to children. uh, One like eight children. And then (laughs) one one fell victim to uh, basically what is a crummy audio recording and audio response device. So Teletubbies. Not a show you would think would be very controversial since the characters don't actually say much of anything or do much of anything. And like the, they basically just like walk up a hill or walk down a hill. And that's a whole episode. Like there's nothing happens on the show. I know. And they speak nonsense. Like the stuff they say is nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. It's for infants. Sometimes it's often based on like the languages of the people who like the, the, there's at least one actor who speaks Cantonese who uh, that comes into play. So like informed this nonsense speaking giant like plush thing with some Cantonese. Like it's just, it's a nothing show, but there was lots of scandal because one of the characters, this was a Jerry Falwell uh, panic one of the oh, characters dear. had an uh, it was purple with a triangle on its head and that meant it was it was a homosexual teletubby the case. which says a lot about what Jerry Falwell spends his time thinking about but uh, right 
And then that char- that character also carried a purse, I guess, which like little kids do all the time because they carry around dress up clothes. So it was this very peculiar obsession with this infant TV show that showed that nothing happens on the show. <laughs> it's such a nothing show. Like I didn't let my kid watch it because it's too boring. <laughs> uh, and I didn't, just didn't want to sit through it. <laughs> but the the characters do speak and it's like partly gibberish, partly other languages. And so they had speaking dolls where if you like squeezed them, they'd say things. And one of the dolls uh, sounded like it was using slurs against gay people and saying, bite my butt. <laughs> The doll was not, in fact, saying these things. It was actually the a, a Cantonese woman saying the Cantonese words for faster and slower. But uh, parents panicked. And this was in 1998. And you can find a lot of original articles from 1998 because that's just when the Internet started becoming like a place where you could write things regularly uh, and have people have lots of people read them instead of just like internet savvy people. So there's just, and there's no information about the doll otherwise, uh, except that it was like yanked from shelves and parents freaked out. And you can also uh, purchase it on eBay. Of course. (laughs) So we've had a Mattel scandal and a Hasbro scandal now because the Teletubbies were made by Hasbro. And these are less expensive. You can buy it for $25.99 plus $12.80 shipping. Uh, if you want. I don't... I mean, again, these this show is more criminally boring than anything else. Uh, but parents freaked out. And I remember I was in middle school at the time. And this was a time when you're in middle school where kids really like cursing. And so at least one of my friends asked for this doll for her her birthday (laughs) so that she could hear it say the the sort of cursing that people thought that this doll was doing or using slurs, I guess. And uh, yeah, that's what it sounded like because the, uh, the audio playback device was so cheap. It sounded like crackly fuzz and then using slurs. Um, because these are little like critters that use baby voices and then it was cheap technology. So it just sort of fell victim to its own, get the popular toys out for the popular goofy kids show. So that's what happened to poor Poe again, left, uh, you know, taken off the shelves. I think they stopped doing talking toys (laughs) (laughs) for at least for Teletubbies and I have no idea if they still make that show or not. I probably should have looked it up. But uh, there was a lot of interest, I remember, among my friends group because it was so scandalous. And it was a, a nice moral panic to whip up in the news and on the, on the internet when people were starting to read news on the internet. So the last doll is the doll that ate kids. And I remember this as well, because I believe I had a cousin who had this. And I have 18 cousins, so it's not surprising that I have a cousin that had this. But it was Cabbage Patch Snack Time dolls. So these dolls would eat. 
and they had little they came with little pieces of food and you could put it in their mouth and its mouth would like mm-hmm. and it had little <laughs> rollers in the back that would roll the food until no. it was gone they were touch they were um touch sensitive so they would activate when they were touched and once the food was pushed past the rollers they would stop operating (gasps) that's such a bad idea with children exactly unfortunately they did it did not come up in testing apparently that children like to put their fingers in things and a child's finger is attached to its hand (laughs) and so it can't get its finger back out of the chompy doll's mouth because the rollers are pushing it forward but the finger can't get past the rollers because it's attached to a child so uh they got at least a thousand complaints uh within about two weeks of the doll eating children's fingers and not necessarily causing much in the way of injury oh well that's good but absolutely terrifying the poor child because their doll ate them and then uh, lots of little girls in particular, just because it was less popular for boys to have long hair in the 90s. Um, it's becoming more of a thing now, I think. Again, from, you know, it's hair goes in and out of fashion. Uh, of girls' hair getting caught in it. And my memory is that the Cabbage Patch dolls, like, the news stories about this were very sensational. Uh of course it's interesting because with earring magic ken mattel really wanted that to just go away and so there's one i could find one article from 1993 of dan savage talking about it and then all the other articles are from closer to now uh discussing sort of like the legacy and sort of the whisper network of this doll and mattel won't comment on it and because it was sort of like a quiet moral outrage uh, where parents were not like talking to the press about <laughs> <laughs> their kids being bothered by this because the kids probably liked it. He's wearing purple. He's fun. He's got charms. Let's put charms on the purple can and we'll have a good time. Like kids didn't care. Kids don't care. Uh, that was kind of hushed up. And then the Teletubby thing, because it happened in 1998, parents could go to news outlets and it was like sort of the acme of the talk show era it was sort of the acme of the um get me on the news because social networking wasn't i mean i i am sure that there was some kind of social networking that existed online but it was not not even close doesn't even touch what goes on now (laughs) uh so the Cabbage Patch doll. At least one little girl had to have her hair cut off because it got tangled in the doll and the doll got all the way to her ear before <gasps> her parents could get the toy turned off. So much therapy after that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's really scary. And this is also a time where the Child's Play movies are being released. This is probably yes. when the third one was released sometime around there. Yes. Anyway. So... <clears throat> Uh, Mattel initially came out with like that's an isolated issue but they got enough complaints that they discontinued Cabbage Patch Snack Time dolls they paid rebates 
so they offered to pay people to like you can have your money back for the doll the dolls were 40 bucks and they could keep the doll so it was something where lots of people had these dolls i bet a lot of parents threw them away uh because i wouldn't want to keep that in my house if it's gonna eat try to eat my child like my kid's gonna put her fingers in there oh yeah any kid would it's like a normal kid thing to do uh but they offered a rebate to like the five hundred thousand dolls in circulation uh and i believe they let people keep the doll um because they decided to take the hit. I bet they were worried that some kid's hair was going to get like ripped out and they were going to get sued. Uh, and I remember the rumors around this doll was that kid's hair was getting pulled out of their scalps. And Mm-mm-mm. I couldn't find that in the news, especially around the recalls. And I feel like companies would have totally gone for trying to you know spice up their news story with like children are being bloodied by the doll but it's more like just scared and uh, trying to rip the doll out of your hair and end up pulling your hair out yeah yeah i can totally see that so uh you can buy it on ebay (laughs) of course i was just gonna be like emily can i buy it on ebay (laughs) now it's hard to find ones that are new in box Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe you can find ones that are used, um, but the new in box one, it's 120. The lowest price you can find is like $125. Wow. Okay. And I would much rather have the earring magic can. Oh, yeah. Than uh, a Cabbage Patch doll that my kid's hair is going to get caught in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So these are all the recalled dolls. This has been the recalled doll anthology there have been more than this there was like some baby doll whose cheeks glowed that would burst into flames and stuff so <gasps> really yeah i didn't oh my i didn't gosh. look much into that because these these three were like around my childhood like i was having a lot of fun watching the commer- the 35 minute commercial about barbies because i remember like if you had enough friends who liked barbies and you had enough cousins you would ha- be be able to like at least access or see some of these toys at one point or another in your life without owning them. Right. And so I remember the like troll doll Barbie where you could like trade hair with different trolls and stuff like that. And so this was sort of like a fun little trip down memory lane. I don't remember earring magic Ken. I'm sure I didn't have one. I only ever had one Ken doll, Uh, but there was a shaving magic ken where like if you got if if his face was dry and like room temperature he had a beard but if you like wiped it with his, uh, the little foam razor on cold water his beard would disappear but so <laughs> that's all i remember about ken ken is like hypercolor ken <laughs> it is it's exactly like hypercolor ken that's a perfect description <laughs> so it was interesting and fun doing research for this because it was sort of a trip down memory lane. Like I had forgotten all about my middle school friend who really wanted a Poe doll and got one because it said dirty words. <laughs> and then I swear, I got to send my cousin a text to ask if she had that eating, <laughs> that doll who ate children. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, do you want to hear my uh, first experience of Teletubbies and Booba? Yes. Okay, so I was in uh, Las Vegas on vacation, and I had been hitting up the buffets as you do, because uh, they at the time they had really great buffets. Like you, you just stay places and eat buffets for cheap. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so I had gotten food poisoning from a buffet, no surprise. (laughs) That was common, too. Yeah, and so I was in this, like, weird fever dream state in my hotel room with the TV on, and I I see on TV, this TV's on, and there's a little baby in the sun, and it's speaking gibberish, and then these little round little butt plug shaped animals were dancing around speaking gibberish and the announcer was talking about how they were all pretty much useless at vacuuming and mr vacuum had to vacuum (laughs) and i seriously thought that i had made this up You just went into a fugue state. Exactly. Because right after the show, apparently, I figured out the next day, it was like Teletubbies and Booba. And Booba is like is like Teletubbies for for newborns, basically. So it's even more nonsensical. Aren't so they I, glittery? I think so. That was like the last time I watched it when I was in like my, my <laughs> fever dream state. <laughs> So that is my experience of Teletubby. So whenever anyone talks about them, I'm like, oh, yeah, that time I had a fever and had food poisoning in Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that would be rough. You'd think someone like slipped you some mushrooms or something. Yeah, I I didn't know what was going on. I I seriously thought that I had made it up. <laughs> oh my. That's awesome. Yeah, I can still like I can still hear the Booba theme Boo-ba. song like it's like Booba and I'd be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Cause I think I was like asleep and had my eyes closed and like I would hear the teletubbies talks. So I would open my eyes and be like what the hell is going on? And then I'd fall asleep again and be booba. Oh my. That would be extraordinarily disorienting. Yes. <laughs> so there's my review of Teletubbies and Booba. It's like a bad mushroom trip. It really is. Lots of weird colors and there's a baby in the sun for some reason. Yeah, and... there's a baby in the sun. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. So that was excellent. <laughs> so if you guys if you guys want to donate to us so that we can get an earring magic Ken and have a magical wedding for Carlos and earring magic Ken, by all means, uh, there's a donate button on our website and we will buy an earring magic Ken and have a magical wedding of earring magic Ken and T-Rex headed. Carlos. <laughs> this is the most Toy Story activity. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched Toy Story last night, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, you can find us at wheredoesitpodcast.com. You can donate there. You're welcome to. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram and very rarely Pinterest. Uh, and you can email us, wheredoesitpodcast at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions. You can, yeah. You can complain if you want, but I'm probably not going to respond. Um, <laughs> just fair warning. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you.